Hello and welcome to episode number 66, Christmas Songs by, by Old Dead, Dead Guys. Guys. I'm David. I'm Scott. And I'm Gabriel. Ha <laughs> good job, man. Special, You're pretty good at this thing. Special guests for episode, second episode in yep. a row. Uh, two in a row. We had to get paid you for the last one, yeah. Man. Man. Are really? you planning on it? No. No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> doubling zero. That's right. We're doubling your pay. You're doubling for this your one. pay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Scott, fill us in on on why, what Christmas songs by Old Dead Guys. That, that's not the name of this podcast, right? Not normally. Not <laughs> normally. But we're taking a break this year because we want to take some time to carefully read some of the songs that we sing at Christmas and that, that maybe we've sung for years. Uh, we, we wanted to do it this year, especially at, if, you've been, if you've been listening along or being a part of our worship services, each of our sermons has been titled... To the song that we're talking about here, because we're we're kind of walking through the the flow, if you will, of Luke one, Luke two, and each of these songs seems to really be appropriate given the different uh, character that we're examining and how they respond to Jesus. And so this week we're talking through honestly, which was one of which is probably, if I'm gonna be honest with you, David, it was one of my very first favorite Christian Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. So so there are a lot of Christmas songs that I liked when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we would be singing in church. Not, they're not bad, but it's, you know, corncob pipe and button nose and two eyes made <laughs> yeah. out of coal and, you know, jingle bells. Jingle bells and, bells. and you know, they're frosty. The, frosty. Yeah, you know, yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town. We don't sing those in church, right? No. Because those are not songs that exalt Jesus. And we only sing Jesus exalting things. But the first time I heard this song, man, it just struck me. First off, because it starts in. When I when I learned to play it, we to play it E minor, and they're just not that they're not that many Christmas songs in a minor key, mm. and that caught my attention. I'm like, wait a second, yeah, this doesn't sound <coughs> gleeful and happy. <laughs> I thought all Christmas music was supposed to sound cheery. This doesn't sound this cheery at che- all. It's not a cheery sounding song. And the interesting thing about O Come O Come Emmanuel is because the tune is not cheery, it's like it grabs you by the ear and says. Listen to what I'm saying here, and it is a rich song. Probably of the songs we've done so far, this one could be the richest. Yes, I I agree with you. This is also my favorite Christmas song. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel has been my favorite Christmas song for for a long time. And uh, so it was originally actually written in Latin. Mm. Are you going to sing it for us in Latin and, uh, today, David? I will not be singing it in Latin. No. Okay. No, right. no. Gabriel, would you like to sing it in Latin? Uh, I'm good. No, he's good. Okay. You, Scott? You, uh, you know, my Latin's a little rusty. David, oh, okay. I probably should hold okay. on. Well, it was written back in, <laughs> back in the ninth century. And so it was originally just seven sentences. It mm-hmm. was called O Antiphons. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I don't actually know Latin, so I could be completely mispronouncing antiphons. That's close enough. But, um, but yeah, each of those seven sentences highlighted a different name for Christ, and they were used during the last seven days of Advent. Wow! So they would. So it was actually. I believe it was nuns in in the in the convent. I think is what what you call a, a an organization of nuns. Yes, they would come together and they would sing one of these sentences each of the seven days leading up to Christmas Day. So well, the you last just, man, you seven, just taught me something about Christmas. I did not the know last that. seven days, and and some there are some convents out there that still do this. That still to this day sing these seven wow. sentences over the last seven days. Uh, of um, of Advent, wow! 
And so that's where you know, we'll talk more about the words in just a minute. But the tune, you mentioned being in a minor key, the tune that we think of when we think of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, uh, was actually taken from uh, a 15th century funeral hymn for <laughs> French nuns. So that's why it sounds so <laughs> strikingly different oh. from all the other Christmas hymns that we sing is because originally that tune was uh, from a funeral hymn that was that was sung in the, a French funeral hymn huh. from the 15th century. Don't you wonder what those, what those nuns would think? They walked in and saw all of us singing this tune on yeah. Sunday morning. It's like it's like a mighty fortress is our God, right? This is originally a bar tune. Yeah, like yeah. Luther was trying to figure out a catchy how, way to sing. How this. can I? How can I get these people to? to uh, that is fascinating. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so I wanted to kind of start by looking at some of looking at the original kind of yeah, Latin. Absolutely. And so, obviously, we won't be you know, talking about it in Latin. We've got a, an English translation in front of us. But I'll just kind of I'll just kind of read, uh, and feel free to just kind of interject if if you want to uh, if you want to interject, and you you as well, bud, you as well, Gabriel. Okay, sounds good. All right, so it starts first sentence. Uh, so you can imagine the seventh seventh from the last day of Advent. O oh, wisdom, coming forth from the mouth of the Most High, reaching from one end to the other. Mightily and sweetly ordering all things, come and teach us the way of prudence. Huh. So that's that's the first sentence. Okay. So wisdom. Wisdom. The first the first title uh, of Christ of the of the seven sentences. Second, O Adonai, and leader of the house of Israel, who appeared to Moses in the fire of the burning bush and gave him the law. On Sinai, come and redeem us with an outstretched arm. So they call Jesus Adonai here, which is just a Hebrew word that means Lord, Lord. Master. Yeah. 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 So each of them, I, I mentioned they each start with a title for Christ. They also each feature a come and do this. So do the first this. way, te- the first one is to come do this. Teach us the way of prudence. Yeah. We, we desire to learn, which is a thing that our culture could. Could benefit from. We could, do, we could do. We could do with a little bit of prudence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would benefit all of us. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so the next one is re- redemption, right? Redemption so, so first redemption. we're asking Strange. Jesus to bring prudence, and then second we're asking Him to bring redemption. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So third sentence. O root of Jesse, standing as a sign among the peoples before you, kings will shut their mouths to you. The nations will make their prayer. Come. And deliver us, and delay no longer. Mm, come quickly, Lord Jesus, is yes. ultimately what they're asking yeah. for there. Yeah. yeah. And he's called the Root of Jesse. Yeah. Is that like all... the first, the major, like the tree is? Good. Yeah. So yeah. so it's a, it's a, it's a branch from, it's a passage. Is it, is it Isaiah. Isaiah? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get that wrong because we're being recorded. It's Isaiah who talks about Jesus being the root from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. And so it's this promise that there always, God made a promise to David that there would always be a king on the throne. And that promise is fulfilled in Jesus who reigns on the throne forever. Yeah. Cool. And so we come to the next sentence. O key of David and scepter of the house of Israel, you open and no one can shut. Mm. You shut and no one can open. Come 
and lead the prisoners from the prison house, those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. Okay, so this is leaning into all that Exodus studying I've been doing. <laughs> like, it's like it's like it's like they just decided to take Revelation and Exodus and go smack them smack them together. together, which is totally appropriate, by the way, because our whole story of salvation is very similar to what's happening in Exodus. But they call them the key of David. That's interesting, and then the scepter of the house of the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this passage. This is what Jesus says about himself in the early parts of Revelation. He opens and no one can shut. I think it's, it's one of the seven churches, and I can't remember which one. Do you I don't which remember one? off the top of my it's head. It's one of the seven churches that he's talking to, and he says, I'm the one who has the keys that, that you know to the doors that no one can open and no one can shut. And then he, he wants them to be to be led from the prison house, like yes. to be brought into freedom. Those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death. And then leaning into Isaiah right there, those oh, who yeah. dwell in darkness have seen a great light. Oh yeah. Man, it's like yeah. it's like they just par- it's like they just paraphrase the scriptures. Like <laughs> yeah. every one of these. This is amazing. Which again lead you know, you talk about those who dwell in darkness have seen a great light, which again leads us right to the next sentence. Oh morning star, mm. splendor of light eternal and sun. S-U-N, of righteousness. Come and enlighten those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so calling him uh, the morning star that he, that he is the dawn. Yep. That is, that is bringing all the darkness to pass. Mm. That he is the splendor of light eternal. He is the sun, the sun itself of righteousness. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so what a what a glorious dawn that is. And because he is the light, they're asking him to come and enlighten yes. us. Those who dwell in darkness. Have seen a great light. That's good. Yeah. So then the next sentence, so we're we're two days away from Christmas. If you're reading this one sentence for each of the last seven days of, of the Advent season. O King of the Nations. And their desire, the cornerstone, making both one, come and save the human race, which you fashioned from clay. Hmm. Mm. So he's king here and cornerstone, right? Yes. We, we made reference to this, I think at the time of this podcast, it would have been a couple of weeks ago where we talked about the, the, the stone that the builders rejected yes. has become the cornerstone. That that's who Jesus would be, and and as such was King of all nations. And so then the call is to come and save us because we're all dirt. He fashioned us from clay. Yes, yes. Mm. And then the last sentence: the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve. O Emmanuel, our King and our Lawgiver, the hope of the nations and their Savior, come and save us, O Lord. Our God. That's awesome. And so Emmanuel, again, just a, it's a Hebrew word that means God with us. And uh, and so there's the there's the call. Man, that is profound. Yes. Yes. Wow. You can see why this eventually you know got pulled into uh, a, a more modern hymn. Why why these words were kind of chosen and adapted yeah. uh, to be one of the most you know, beloved Christmas hymns that we have, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So it was uh, the the version that we sing has been shortened down to four verses, but mm. you can still see as we'll walk through, you can still see a lot of those original oh, sentences yeah. kind of pulling through. They picked, it's like they picked their favorite four of them. <laughs> yeah, kind of pulling through as we... I wonder we, if they're originally seven. 
That would be interesting. I don't. I I couldn't find an Okamokami manual that had seven verses. That doesn't mean there's not one. That right. doesn't mean I'm not aware of it. Right. If you know, let us know on Sunday. Yes. We yes. love. We love. I'd love to know if you can. If you can find a seven verse Okamokami manual that matches to those, the Latin, the Latin version. We might just sing that. Yeah. Although seven verses would take a long time. Seven verses would take a minute. I might have to preach a shorter sermon that day, huh? Mm. Like ten minutes shorter. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So, verse uh, 1 of of the version that we sing goes, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Hmm. And so you get this picture that Christ is the only way out of exile. He is the only way into the true promised land. Yeah. And really you have you have this song leaning on the the fact that exile is such a a loaded concept in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That even though the Israelites went into exile uh, in Babylon and even though you see in the in the book of Nehemiah, in the book of Ezra, you see them return to Jerusalem, in so many ways they're still in exile. Yeah. Even as they return, right. nothing is as it was. Because in a, in a, and in a very real way, the exile started in Genesis three. Yes. You know, yes. It started at the fall that we communion that we were designed to have with God was broken through sin. And what we what we've always longed for is redemption, and everything that's happened again. You get me on this Exodus thing. <laughs> everything that happens in the Old Testament follows this very predictable pattern of the people being in exile and God bringing redemption. He he leads them out and sets them free. He's with them though. He never it's never a road sign. It's never God just pointing, going, "Okay, go that way." You know, when he leads the people out in in Egypt, it's he's with them. You know, there's this stop right in the middle of the of the book of Exodus, where you spend six chapters on construction of the tabernacle. And, and, and it's easy for us in our annual Bible reading plans to read those things and go, Oh, this seems so boring, but man, man, stop for a second and think about the fact that what you're reading there is God saying, okay, I'm with you Mm. and I've brought you out of exile so that I can be with you. And that's why these instructions are there. And that's what all these little details from how to build the lampstand to how to build the altar to how to construct the tabernacle are all very carefully orchestrated by God as a living picture of Emmanuel. But it was only a picture. We get as Christians the real real thing, right? What we celebrate at Christmas is that God became flesh and dwelt among us. And he did so to, to ransom us, captive Israel, if you will. Because we were in exile, alienated from God, strangers and aliens, as we're called in the, in, in the New Testament, you know, no, hating God, being hated by others, and, and God reconciled us to himself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that mourning in exile coming to an end at the appearance of the Son of God, mm. that Emmanuel, God with us, brings an end to the exile that humanity has been in. And that Israel has been in. Yeah. That, that that exile comes to an end because of the work of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the first verse. Second verse, 
O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Hmm. So he, again, calling on you, these verses also highlight particular titles of Christ. And so this first verse, the first verse we looked at, Emmanuel, which was the last sentence that we looked at in the original. This one says, thou day spring, you know, highlighting that beginning of the day. Yeah, the, that, mor- the morning star verse yeah, in, that, the, in the Latin. That dawn, mm-hmm. that come and cheer, and, and, and highlighting on the, the dispersing the gloomy clouds of night, really calling back to seeing that darkness be overcome by the dawn. Yeah. You know, that picture in the original of come and, and cast a great light on those who are in darkness. Yeah, so, so I always think of one of my very, very favorite movies is The Two Towers, the second of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. And the Battle of Helm's Deep, you know, mm. so so Gandalf leaves. He says, you know, look to me on the coming of the third day and or the dawning of the third day. And everything's like, and, and, and the movie itself in Helm's Deep is so intense that you forget. The first time I saw it, I forgot Gandalf was coming back. Now, I've read these books a long time, but you legitimately <laughs> are so in because, you know, you've imagined this for years and you're seeing it happen and they're all just... They're worn and they're mm-hmm. weary and they've yes. been fighting all night long. And here comes Gandalf with the Riders of Rohan. And I mean, it's just, oh, like there's, there have been a few visual pictures of the advent of Christ that I thought, man, that's just it. Like mm-hmm. that's, you ha- like Tolkien had to be thinking about mm-hmm. the return of Christ somehow or the other yes. when he's writing stuff like this, because that's how it's, that's what we look forward to. There's a day when the dawn breaks and Christ returns. Yes. Yes, so. and this is what we celebrate every candlelight service. Yes, right that that Jesus, the light of the world, mm-hmm. has overcome the darkness. That that the dark clouds, the gloomy clouds of night, can be dispersed mm-hmm. because of the work of Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, verse three: Come, O come, thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh to us. The path of knowledge show and cause us in her ways to go. Mm. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Mm. So this one, keying in on that first uh, first sentence in the original where Jesus is called uh, wisdom, the coming wisdom from the mouth of the most coming high. from the mouth of the most high. Yeah. So uh, really, you know, this verse kind of highlighting uh, this Christ being this true wisdom of Proverbs that calls all people to come and find life. Mm. Come and find true life in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, we see you know, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom personified. Uh, and we see Jesus being so much, being just being that, of, yes. of being this great wisdom that, that calls people to himself and calls people to find true, real mm. life mm-hmm. according to the way God intended for it to be lived. Mm. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, verse 4. O come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrels cease. Fill the whole world 
with heaven's peace. Hmm. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And so you're here highlighting everything that the prophets foretold either has been or will be fulfilled in, in Christ. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Everything that the prophets said about there being true peace on earth. <laughs> one day, one day when Christ returns and all things are made new, we will see this envy, strife, and quarrels cease. cease. Yep. The whole world is filled with nothing but peace. Yeah, we, we talked about this in the sermon this week of the fact that that we are people who wait. Yes. Right? That the Christianity, the essence of Christianity can almost be summed up in patience and waiting. Right? Like we we're called to be a people who wait expectantly on the return of the Lord. Why? Because envy, strife, and quarrels will cease and the whole world will be as heaven is now. Yes. Right? That's what we long for. And that's a promise that will be realized when Jesus comes back. Yes. That's good. Yes. Man, that is a... Mm. That yeah. was really good, David. Well, so that's uh, that's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Wow. You know, that's a little bit about about where that mo- well-loved and, and well-written song yes. comes from. Gabriel, what do you think? What do you like in it? Um, the power Emmanuel shall come to the Israel. Mm-hmm. They, weren't, they weren't trying to go to Israel, mm-hmm. but they had to go because of the decree. Oh, you're talking about the when Jesus was born. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the decree sent them all to the different places. And so he was born in just the right place yeah. at just the right time. And it was all in accordance to the providence of God. And they would have to change this whole song because... If it didn't happen, you're right. There's a lot about this song that would have to change if that yeah, didn't happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good, bud. Hold on. All right. Well, folks, uh, we are going to take a little break next week. Next week is the week between Christmas and New Year's. We're going to take a week off that yep. week. Yep. So we're we'll come back to you. Yeah, we're going to come back to you in uh, January of 2024. Yep. Which is hard for me to say, but I guess I'll have to get used to it. Yep. So let me be the first one to tell you that we'll 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 see you next year. Next year. <laughs> Man, thank you all for listening. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas. We're thankful to be able to bring content like this to you, and we hope that you will share it uh, with others who may find it beneficial as well. Until uh, January, we will talk again soon. Merry Christmas and goodbye. Nice.